reason I don't want you here this morning is because I'm going to use a word that's a bit uncomfortable. God has been speaking to me lately about sacrifice. It's like a dirty word, isn't it? So I'm glad they're not here because then you and I can have a good chat about it. But you know what? When I think about that word and, and I have been kind of, it's actually felt distant to me. When he's been talking to me about sacrifice, I thought that word seems a little bit far away from me because you know what? I'm quite comfortable. I mean, I'm, I live my life for God. You'll probably be thankful to know that seeing as Mark and I leave the church. I live my life for God. I believe that he's my saviour, no issues. But I've actually gotten into the habit of living for God. And so I'm quite comfortable in this space. And maybe you're the same. I can't actually remember the last time that I felt like I sacrificed something for God. And so I'm comfortable. And you know what else I do in my position of comfort is I actually hear something amazing, like a really great revelation. And I go, wow, that's amazing. I agree with that. I don't actually do anything about it, but I agree with it. And so I think I'm okay, but I'm comfortable. This got me thinking. See, Jesus is definitely my saviour. I believe that he died on the cross for me. I've given my life to him. But is he my Lord? Because they're two very different things. Do you know, I found myself, we, were, we went to this conference a few weeks ago, and it was amazing, like... Holy Spirit was moving all over the place and I, we heard this new song and I was listening to it and in that moment I was like, I might learn this on the guitar, God, and you and I can sing it together later in my lounge room. And I thought, I was pretty proud of myself for thinking that. And then I felt the Holy Spirit say, well, what are you doing right now? Like in this atmosphere of worship, I wasn't leaning in and engaging with God and worshipping him in this new level that because I was connecting with this song I was actually thinking about what I would do later rather than I miss the moment and you know what I just want to be a little bit honest with you here is that often when I say I'm going to do that later I don't just because I'm busy and probably comfortable Do you know how we become comfortable? I've got to just say, I'm just reflecting on it. Is that we go through stuff that's difficult, a bit hurty maybe, and we don't like it. Okay, most of us don't like when things are difficult or painful. And so what we do is we try and stop that from happening again. Or we stop, we try and stop discomfort. So we work harder, we got a list here so I better just stick to that we save we build we eat right we get bet we get our lives as comfortable as we can so that we can keep all the pain away from us but actually we've we've been given a comforter like we have but we're so busy keeping comfortable that we maybe miss out on the comforter 
Do you know, I had this little illustration in it. Sometimes we're so busy getting comfortable that we're not open to, to what God might be speaking to us. And I don't, I, like, I'm not trying to beat you up, okay, here this morning, because this is me. I'm actually saying I'm the same as you in that I'm comfortable and I'm living my life for God, but there is no element of sacrifice in, in that. And this morning I was going to ask Mark to throw a footy to me because just to say, Jesus, I'm open. You know, pass me the footy. But we don't actually have a footy at our house because they're the wrong shape. Sorry. It's meant to be round. And you shouldn't be throwing those. You should be using your feet. I want to share with you a story from the Bible, okay? So I know you're probably going, great, she's finally using the Bible this morning. 2 Kings chapter 4. You can open it if you want. I've actually got my old, you know, my old school actual Bible because, you know, text just not doing it for me. When I'm reading on my phone, I can't make notes. I can't scribble in the, in the thing, you know, and so I've ditched it. I mean, it's helpful if you're in the car or in the waiting room, you can quickly read something. On the loo. I don't want to hear about that, Mark. He said on the loo. Everyone does it on the well, yeah, but we don't talk about it. <laughs> Some things are better left there. Anyway, 2 Kings and chapter 4. Sorry, I should have told him beforehand, and now he's gone. Can you tell him when he comes back? 2 Kings 4 from verse 8. Thanks. Oh, he's got his Bible. Good man. Okay. So it's about the Shunammite woman, if you've heard of her. And from chapter, uh, from chapter 2 Kings 4 from verse 8. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, Look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him in there and a table and a chair and a lampstand so it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. Verse 11, and it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite woman. When he had called her, he stood before him. She stood before him. And he, he said to him, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. In other words, I don't need that. So he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually she has no son and her husband is old. Same as me. I have sons but my husband is old. What? So, so he said, call her. All right, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Focus, refocus. From verse 15. I forgive you. Good. So he said, call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come, of which Elisha had told her. And the child grew, stay with me. Now it happened one day that he went to his father, to the reapers, and he said to his father, my head, my head. So he said to a servant, carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees until noon, and then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him, and went out. 
Then she called to her husband and said, Please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys, that I may run to the man of God and come back. So he said, Why are you going to him today? It's neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, It is well. Then she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, Drive and go forward and do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. And so she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So it was when the man of God saw her afar off, he sent his servant Gehazi, Look, the Shunammite woman. Please run now to meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. Now when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet, but Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So she said, Did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, Get yourself ready and take my staff in your hand and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer him, but lay my staff on the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord lives and as your soul, soul lives, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Now Gehazi went on ahead of them and was and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore he went back to meet him and told him, saying, The child has not awakened. Oh, I need a breath, sorry. Verse 32. When Elisha came into the house, there was the child lying dead on his bed. He went in, therefore, shut the door behind the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child, and put his mouth on his mouth, and his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands, and he stretched himself out on the child, and the flesh of the child became warm. He returned and walked back and forth in the house and again went up and stretched himself out on him and then the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes and he called Gehazi and said, call this Shunammite woman. So he called her and when she came to him, she said, pick up your son. So she went in, fell at his feet and bowed to the ground, picked up her son and left. That was long, but are you, were you still with me? You get it? Oh, good, it was up there, thanks, he. It's a long story, but I needed to read all of it for you to get the picture of it. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are present here this morning. I thank you that as I share my words, you might use them, but you're not contained by my words. You can speak to each individual heart here this morning. You can speak what you, you know they need to hear. And I pray that this morning that our, our ears and our hearts would be open to hear what you personally want to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I forgot to say before, and Mark kind of touched on it during um, that time of people responding um, for healing. Pat um, just saw me before the service and said that she feels like healing is going to happen this morning. So if you're one of, if you're one of those people who, who said, yes, I've got something wrong, just keep checking throughout the service if you're healed. And even if you didn't put your hand up to say that you had something wrong, but you do have something wrong, because let's face it, we've all got something wrong, um, just be mindful of what it is and maybe, you know, wiggle it and see if it's better, if it's appropriate to wiggle it. You can do that at home too. Paul Monk wouldn't it be awesome if he got completely healed while we're here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Um, all right, so I've read the scripture. All right, good. So I just want to point out a few verses, okay? Verse 8, it said that she persuaded him. But the interpretation of that is actually she laid hold of him. 
So here's this man, he visits this town, and she, who's a notable woman, so she was known around the place, she decides to grab hold of him. So she wasn't, wasn't this that she followed him along talking, like, please come to my house, please come to my house, please, please come to my house. She actually, well, you're coming to my house, like, kind of thing. And then, verse 10 says, she made room. She made room. She made actually a room. But I just want to say to you this morning is that she made room for God or the man of God. And why is that significant? She grabbed a hold of him and she made room in her world for the man of God. Why is that significant? Because when she got to a time of pain and discomfort, when her son died, she knew where to go. She went straight to the room and she put the pain in the room that she had made. And the staff puts it in his face and it doesn't work, okay? So he had the right idea, like God's not contained by that, but then, and this is a bit where you might get uncomfortable, but we're married, okay? So then God, the man of God comes and puts hands to hands and... Sorry, because he went like that. <laughs> now I want to ask you, <laughs> you can sit down. Thank you. <laughs> I want to ask you, yes, thank you, you can give him a hand. That was good, well done. You're embarrassing. Oh, it was wonderful. I just want to ask you, out of those two pictures there, which one do you think was more intimate? It's a trick question, okay? If somebody came up to you with, and poked you with a stick, that would be much less intimate than them coming up to you and face-to-face, hand-to-hand, like, and yes, they were laying down, so that's like next level intimate, okay? See why I'm glad that the youth are not here? Because they'd just be going, oh, I'm just reviving them from the dead. <laughs> no. Always have daylight in between. Sorry, I'm looking at you, Lauren. The only youth there. So yeah. So do you see? Do you see the intimate? It's it's about intimacy. Like that was that's a very intimate thing. What? Posture. Posture. An intimate posture. So I've been prepping for this message this weekend. On Friday night, I had a dream, and I was finishing my prep yesterday. So I woke up Saturday morning with this dream, and. Look, I have to tell you some of the crazy bits of the dream before I get to the point of it, okay? So I had this dream where I had the day off and I decided to go out with a friend. For some reason, she's driving the car and I'm running along behind it. (laughs) And I'm following her and then she takes a turn and I don't see her, so I end up going a different turn. So then I realise, I'm keeping up with the car, so I was pretty impressed with that, but I realise she's... I've lost her, and so I go to my phone, which was pink, that's so not me, and it was a flip phone, and when I went to use it, it like fell apart like Lego. And so then I'm trying to put it together, and that's not working because I'm like frustrated and anxious, and I'm trying to put the phone together and it's not working, and then I'm like, well, how am I even gonna call her? How am I gonna call Mark to fix this? And uh, Anyway, frustrating dream, and I'm frustrated in the dream. 
And I remember just stopping, and it was suddenly a shopping centre, but anyway, I told you it was weird. Anyway, I just said, God, what, what is happening? I'm frustrated, I'm anxious, I'm, what's happening? And I just felt his voice say, I'm so jealous for your attention. I'm so, and I broke down the I'm jealous for your attention and for our time together. And do you know what? I felt, and I remember this feeling, I felt such a wash of love from the Father's heart for me that I was actually really glad. In it, like, obviously, all the anxiety, all the frustration disappeared and then I just went, oh, wow. Like, I felt loved and pursued and cherished. And then I woke up. So... I still don't know what happened to that Lego phone. All right. So I started today by saying to you, like I've been talking a lot about comfort, but I started by saying the word sacrifice to you. So what does it mean? When I say the word sacrifice to you, what do you think? You can yell out. Giving up something? Yeah, got a few nods. Something that costs you. Yeah. I can hear that voice. It's Stuart, but I can't see him. Oh, yeah, there he is. Yeah. Yeah, something that costs you. Giving up something. What did you say, Sue? A gift. A gift? Yeah, like giving. A gift. Giving, yeah. So I read this book recently. I can't remember the title of it, Hez, but I know it's that M. Voskamp book that you gave me. And she talk to a Jewish rabbi about the word sacrifice and that made me look it up. Just because I don't always believe what I read. <coughs> I like to look it up for myself. And it's the word korbanot. That's what the word sacrifice is. And it doesn't actually mean any of those things. It actually means to draw close. I know, right? I could hear that and you all went, ooh. <coughs> Just to draw close. So when, when they were making sacrifices in the desert to God back in the day, all he was asking for was for them to draw close to him. Its purpose was to bring people closer to God. So, based on all of that, I just want to quickly, or maybe not quickly, depends on how it goes. I just want to, I, I got this picture a while ago about how just historically people respond to God and maybe how we respond now to God. So, in the Old Testament, in the time of Moses, the people actually said to Moses, we don't want to talk directly to God in case we die. Because I think they felt like they were going to die. Maybe not physically, but maybe they'd have to give something, give something up to be able to come close to God. But they said, no, keep him over there. You speak to him and then let us know what he says. But in that same book of the Bible, God says to Moses, 
build a sanctuary for me with the people so I can dwell with them. And so he's wanting to dwell, he's wanting to draw close and the people go, oh, thank you very much. So, Old Testament still, he sends prophets because the people have just wandered off away from God and so he sends prophets that will draw them back to God. They don't like that so they get rid of them because they don't like that voice. It makes them uncomfortable if they have to give up stuff. If it's going to cost them something, they don't like it. So then God sends Jesus. This is going to do it. I'm going to send Jesus and he's going to help draw them close. And so Jesus is like, you don't need to follow all those rules. You can just come close to God in this way. Well, they didn't like that because they had been following all the rules really well and they didn't want that to, you know, mean nothing. And so they didn't accept what he had to say and we know what they did to Jesus. And so... I mean, Jesus' name literally means God with us. And so he was wanting to be with us. But they didn't want him. They didn't want that. They rejected him. So now, Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit to his disciples and to us. And he says, I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you to be your comforter to be your counsellor, to be the one that comes and draws alongside you. You can be baptised in the Holy Spirit. You can have God indwelling in you and do life with him 24-7 if you want to. But we kind of go, that sounds a bit messy. That sounds a little bit like I might have to give up stuff. That sounds a little bit like it might cost me. I'm not sure about that. People might think that I'm crazy. Like the Shunammite woman, why are you running to God when it's not Sunday? I might actually... And so here's... Let's just pretend, right, the Holy Spirit is going, hey, I've got a gift for you. And we go, I'm not sure about that. I'm just not sure. But I really want to give you peace. I'm still not sure about that not sure about that. What about some comfort? Okay, I'm doing all right, actually. Not sure I need that. I'm not saying that we do that all the time, but you might be like me in my response in worship that time when there was a moment that I could have just said yes to God and I went, that's a great idea, I'll do that later. But actually, there's always moments and we're often always busy or comfortable and we don't say, yes. Yes, God, I do want that. I want all of that, regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what it costs me, regardless of what I have to give up. When he's actually not asking any of that, he's just saying, I want to come and be close to you. Do you want to be close to me? And this morning, I couldn't, like, I can actually feel the weight of um, 
Jasmine every time she blows me away. But this morning, I didn't want to cry in worship. So if you can just keep doing what you're doing. But I just was in tears as we sang that song, Run to the Father. Because I just want to, I want to run to the Father. And I don't care that it might take more of my time than I was thinking. Because I won't even notice. Like in reality, when we draw close because he wants to draw close. And no matter who you are this morning, there is always closer that you can be. There is always something of his love and his goodness and his kindness that we need to know. That he wants us to know now. And we don't, we just kind of go, no, I'm doing okay. I live for you. I, you know. And we do, and that's okay. It's great that we live for God, but we really, he really wants to draw close. Like he really does. I'm actually feeling the weight of it. He so wants to draw close. Let's not say no anymore. So... Now's good then. So, why don't you stand up? And I've asked Jazz to come and sing. Over us, it's up to you if you want to sing with her or not. And I'm sorry if she makes me cry again and again and again. But, um, do you know what? As they're just getting ready, I just really felt this morning, even when we were singing a song singing that song and it says I run to the Father and fall into grace and then no hiding something about that and I was thinking this morning you don't need you don't need like if you need permission to run to the Father I am giving it to you there you go because sometimes we go, mm, actually, I'm quite comfortable here. I'll just do it when I go home. You could. You might not be like me and forgets about it as soon as I walk in the door. But right now, you've got an opportunity to just come. You don't have to run. It's probably an OHS issue anyway. But just come. Like, come if you want to. Just come. I'll tell you a good picture. I wanted Rand to stay here so I could use her body because she's so fit, you know. But do you know what? God showed me this. Oh, sorry, sorry, no offense, Lynn and Ursula, sorry. But do you know do you know how to do a squat properly? Come up. I don't scared. Oh, anyway. I've got pants on, so I'll do it. So to do a squat, okay, properly. You guys, most of you should know this. You have your knees over your leg, over your toes, and you squat, but at all times your head must be over your heart. But do you know, I read this fantastic book by Stacey Hillier, who some of you know, and it's about worship. And one of the words of worship in the Bible means to bow down and to get your head below your heart. Yeah. It's submission to what your heart is saying. That's worship. Whereas this squat, it gives you strength, but it's your own. When we bow down, we're leaning on his strength. So as we sing, what do you sing? 
this opportunity to draw close. That is all you're saying. And this morning, actually, I felt like I've said sacrifice, I know, dirty word. I'm going to say another one. Repentance. I just say that because I think that the Holy Spirit often nudges us and we go, not now. But do you know what? He doesn't hold that against us. He just comes again. And hey, how about now? How about now? But what stands in between us saying yes is us feeling guilty about the last time when we didn't say yes. And so let's just leave that. Like, sorry about that, God. Ask me again. Ask me again because I'm ready to say yes. I'm ready to get messy or whatever. I'm ready to draw close. Draw close. That's all he's asking. Just draw close. I just want to draw close.